last time on Oh Boy, a Quantum Leap podcast. Oh boy, we have a plan. Today's mission is to work up a season two. I think that we reinstate a waiting room. A dog. (laughs) (laughs) Going down an avenue that involves the evil leapers seems like a great way to keep both Ben and the present day team occupied. Ben has leaped into a T-Rex. We weren't sure where we were going with this. At least it looks like Ben, right? Right. And he roars like a T-Rex. Nuclear winter as the plot line for season two? I think so. I'm picturing more like dinosaurs with like cool cybernetic enhancements. Okay, like the dinosaurs. Like the dinosaurs. (laughs) Maybe Magic decides that like any good Godfather fan um, I'll keep your friends close and your enemies your closer. Each of us come back with maybe three ideas of actual fun leap ideas. Yes. I feel good about this. We got the makings of something really good here. Mr. Warp. Fire. It's a Quantum Leap Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me as a co-host, we can all see and hear, it's Brian Martin. Back at it, man. Here we are again. Listeners, I don't think, realize this, but we are recording this episode like five days after we recorded the last one. I think this is the tightest window we've ever had that didn't involve regular week-to-week episodes of Quantum Leap. It is. got to fit it in the schedule. But my guess is... If you're listening to this, we probably got about two weeks out from the premiere of yeah. Quantum Leap Season 2. Getting closer. So we are in the process now of what we called pre-gaming, coming up with uh, what we would do. It's a Quantum Leap tailgate. That's what we're doing. We're cooking up <laughs> cooking up beefy sausages. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's one metaphor. But uh, yeah, we were just working up scripts and ideas for Season 2. Go back and listen to part one if you haven't. We'll summarize it for you now, but if you want to hear us really get into the weeds of things like nuclear winter and dinosaurs, then you're going to (laughs) want to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Well, give us a breakdown. Where did we leave off exactly? With all our back and forth, we determined that the overall season arc of our version of season two, this is not what we think the show is going to do. This is like we recognize there's a writer's strike going on and maybe they need some ideas. So our idea (laughs) for season two is that the nuclear winter that Ben encountered in the future during the finale of season one is still going to happen. Something is going to put that into effect like Skynet. It's inevitable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Ben and Team Quantum Leap become fixated on ways that they can circumvent that tragedy and stop it from occurring right the ben leaping in in the final moments of the finale we see somebody leaping back into the project someone's coming back and the person that walks out in our premiere of season two appears to be ben's song 
But over the course of the episode, we discover that it is not Ben and that the waiting room has been reestablished. Unbeknownst <laughs> to our characters, the person they're looking at only looks like Ben. It's actually his leap host. And once they realize it, Addison has to scramble to the imaging chamber. They have to find Ben out in the time stream. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that premiere anyway would look like. We're also going to talk about some ideas that I cooked up and some ideas that Nate cooked up for episodes interspersed throughout the season, right? right? So it's not all going to be about this nuclear winter prevention arc. It's maybe three, four episodes of the season are going to focus on that. The rest will be kind of those done-in-one stories uh, that have been leaping around right? through like time. Quantum so, Leap is want to do. Yeah, the mission statement of the show as it existed originally. And to be fair, most of season one. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and I... I don't think they're going to get away from that entirely. No, I would hope um, not. That's that's <laughs> what makes this show what it is. So exactly, uh, exactly. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to close out tonight with some talk about what the show is actually probably going to do in right. season two, despite the ideas that we have put forth in these last two episodes. <laughs> yeah, some things are already into production. They're going to be kicking themselves when they listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to be like, oh, we really should have had Ben leap into a dinosaur. You <laughs> idiots, why didn't you think of this? <laughs> have you given any more thought to that series-long arc and the, the nuclear winter and any of that stuff? Or... Not a lot. I know we talked about the government's involvement in it, and over the course of this season and into the third season that we have kind of rattling around in our heads, the government is going to become more of a foil for Project Quantum Leap and to an right. increasing degree. The government realizes that Project Quantum Leap managed to avert nuclear winter and decided that they don't need to have this much power. Yeah, I kind of delved into it a little bit in the back of my mind and came up with some of the things that I think we would do because we talked about it being just a few episodes, right? Three or four centric episodes. Assuming like a 13 episode season. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw out some of the ideas I came across in doing this, and I'll admit, as I started to put these things together, it seems like something that might continue out past a season two. Okay. We've talked about the X-Files, like the mythology that surrounds the series, right? Sure, yeah. So this would just sort of be like the beginnings of this, but I think some kind of neat ideas. I think I mentioned last week the idea of magic recruiting Martinez. Martinez, yes. Right? Yeah. So I really liked that, and I think I used it as kind of a springboard to some other ideas. They're trying to figure out who it is that sent him in the first place, right? Right. So Magic goes out and thinks, okay, I'm going to recruit him ahead of time and keep my enemies closer, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I thought, well, okay, so what's the reaction to that? Because if the, the government or the, what are we going to, what would we call them? The deep state. The deep state. We're calling the, them the. We're calling them the deep state. Okay. All right. So the. <laughs> so the deep state. We have to believe they've already got the wheels in motion here, right? So, my idea here is that that kind of disrupts things. Like, I don't think that they're ready to send him. He was kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the last time we saw him. But I feel like they probably have Just like eating a, grandmama's churros. <laughs> exactly. That's all he was doing. And, and loving America. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine he's on some kind of um, list of potentials at this time. Mm -hmm. Who can we 
ultimately used for this sort of thing. So when magic reaches out and recruits this individual, I think that the deep state is going to notice. And so there's a retaliation there. And what happens is magic and later Jen get court-martialed Ooh. for allowing Janice to infiltrate the military compound. Oh. I think when we brought Martinez in, we talked a little bit about Jen being the interviewer in the waiting room, right? Uh-huh. So I was thinking, okay, if that's her role and you bring in Martinez, what do you have him do? And I figure he just kind of shadow her for a couple of episodes. Okay. Right? I mean, that seems like the thing that you would put a a military officer on or something, you know, I envision him playing good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I was going to say people, good cop, you know? bad cop. Mar- Martinez is the good cop. Yeah, right. Jen's the right. bad cop. And so he's in there and helping her and shadowing her. So without authorization, they allow Ben to just use the accelerator and Janice just sneaks in and puts up all this code onto a military computer. There's going to be consequences to that. And that consequence would then be magic being pulled in front of a JAG Corps and being court-martialed for this. Oh, and that would give us a chance to bring in some characters from the Donald Belisario series JAG. <laughs> I see what's going on here. <laughs> well, we could. The Belisario-verse kind of... is in full effect here. Okay. That's actually kind of a funny idea. Yeah, like, why not? I don't what know. I Cat- never what, watched what that show. What could Catherine Bell possibly be doing right now? I have Aside no from, idea. Does Scientologists go to service? Is it like a I don't know. to go to church on Sundays? I don't know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> she was on I Jack. never watched Jag. <laughs> Catherine Bell was on Jag. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, I think what that does is if you remove Magic and Jen for a little while, it leaves Martinez the lone person doing the interviewing. So I thought that'd be an interesting dynamic, right? We've got Ian as the as Gushy, and of course, Addison's there in the imaging chamber, and then Martinez, the former Leaper X, not even former, the, the one day Leaper X from his perspective, right? And former. <laughs> See, I always think that's really interesting, right? If we could bring Martinez into the show in his timeline and his life, he has not reached the point where he is Leaper X yet. Right. Like, I find that just infinitely fascinating to bring in a character who we've seen older and in some ways nefarious, not there yet. You know, right. I love that stuff. And part of bringing him into that project could be their expectation that they can change the future. But, you know, it it could also make the future inevitable. Right. And, you know, maybe bringing him in is exactly what does it. And I'm sure that Team Quantum Leap will have a conversation like that. Yeah, they'd be debating it. And you know Ian would come down on the side of, this is bad idea. We could be the ones facilitating his eventually leaping. Yes, and Magic would be the one who says, like Jen would be the one talking about, we could be causing either future. We could rehabilitate him or we could be in- inevitably causing what we're trying to prevent. Right. And Ian comes down on the side of, let's not do it. And Magic, of course, who sees the good in people is like, I want to bring this guy on, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Ben is out there fixing wrongs and putting them right. Can't we try to do the same thing here? Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. And I just, I really kind of like the dynamic of not removing Jen from the show just because it's Jen, 
but removing those two characters that both kind of have roles of leadership or authority, and you take those out, and you've kind of left Ian and Addison, and then throw Leaper X in there as the interviewer in the waiting room. I That's just really interesting to me, that yeah. dynamic. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. The resolution to that, and tell me if you like this idea, this is not something that I feel like would happen in real life, but you know how television military works. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've <laughs> so, seen Jag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you know better than I do then. <laughs> but I thought, okay, so how do you get these two off the hook? You know, in reality, there's no defense. These two would be drummed out of the military immediately. Oh, 100%. Somebody's got to take the fall. For- it would have already happened in reality. The moment she walked into those halls, magic is out of a job. But in television world... They're on trial for it, more or less. And the deep state comes with a deal. But who do they go to talk to except Janice? Janice, who's in a military prison, is able to cut a deal with the deep state to let those two off if she promises to come work on their accelerator. Boom. There it is. And that's where we start moving towards season three. Janice... Meet Lothos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that would be kind of neat. And then, of course, it goes back to status quo and Magic gets his job back because Janice works out a deal working in the field that she wanted to work in, but her loyalties are being tested. And that automatically makes her more interesting, too. I feel like it. Yeah, I didn't have a place for Janice in this season. And so I think that's great. I think that's a really good idea, a way to bring her back. Right. I'm in sort of envisioning this as her role can be relegated to special guest star in this. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. need more than an episode of her being in a prison and then cutting a deal. And just bring right. her back when it's the most critical, important time for it. Like, so this is all sort of building and slow. Yeah, the final spoken words of the season two finale are, we call it Lothos. Yeah. And there's a red light and boom, that's it. Right. I like it. I think it's kind of interesting. I was concerned in doing this exercise, Nate, that I would become too tied to our ideas. Oh, I already (laughs) am. And then whatever we see in the new season is not going to live up to it. Now, I think Um, I've mentioned probably on this podcast before that one of the things that drives me the most nuts about movies is if I've come up with what I consider a better idea. It just makes me really angry watching the actual thing. It's the eternal plight of a writer looking at the ins and outs and thinking I could have done this better or I wanted to see this or that. And Right. So yeah. I don't know. We might be shooting ourselves in the foot, but I think it was too fun an exercise not to. I agree. But yeah, I think that's, you know, the skeleton of it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Of course, we've got to put some meat on this skeleton and, uh, Nate and I are going to do that now by talking about a few episodes that we cooked up, situations for Ben to leap into, potential episode ideas, you know, spread throughout the season amidst all of this narrative. Because we're Uh, not interested in the ongoing all that much. And Nate, you, you know me. What's the first thing I say you need every time? A good poster. No. A, a poster a, is one of them. The poster, the tagline, and a title. The poster, the tagline, and the title are three yeah, things. Right. I hear now, you. all of my ideas have titles. Okay. Did, did you come up with titles for yours? I came up with titles, but 
I'm terrible at titles. Okay, so here's what I want to do, Nate. I want to make a game out of it. Okay. okay? All right. All right. I'm going to give you the title of one of my episodes, and I want to see if you can guess what the episode's about. Okay. All right? All right. And I want you to do the same thing. Now, I don't know. You say you're terrible with titles. Maybe I won't know any of them. Maybe I won't be able to discern them. Now, one of the things in season one of Quantum Leap, I think the episode titles were largely very obvious. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you see the title and you're like, oh, I get it. I know exactly what this episode is probably about. One of them was just a date. Like it oh, was that was just... the very first episode, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the pilot was just the date, and that's fair enough. When I was trying to think of titles, I kept coming up with, like, puns on Leap. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know, this show doesn't do that. Why am I trying to do that? They very rarely ever actually use that. You know, it's like titles uh, like The Right Hand of God and, right. you know. Yeah. Well, this show does it all. Fa- family style. Leap, die, repeat. The Friendly Skies, Ben Interrupted, Ben Song for the Defense. Right. Uh, you know, like those are some of the episode titles we've gotten in season one. Yeah, those sound like Nate titles to me. And I've tried to align my titles with this sort of style. Oh. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you a title. All right, see how close you can get to my synopsis for this episode. Okay. All right. And you're starting. Are we I'll gonna start. back and forth? I'll start. And I'm just okay. going to let you know, we were each going to come up with three, right? Oh, God. I have six. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Um, half of them are what I consider to be good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you're going to share the bad ones. All right. Yeah, you just wait. You just wait. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you what I cooked up here, Nate. Okay. Right. So if you've got six and I've got three, then the alternating has got to be two, one, two, one. Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right, all right, all right. All right, so so the first episode I have is titled Straight Flush. What is the okay. episode? Okay, that's a uh, obviously a poker episode. He must have to win a poker tournament of some kind at a casino in Vegas in the 70s. You're close. It's the 90s. Uh, okay. When the world championship of poker is really starting to kind of take off and we're yeah, starting that was to see like more of that stuff. 2001 right? to 2003, yeah. it got huge. So I, I really aligned it with the release of the film Rounders. The rule is this. You spot a man's tell. You don't say a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> just just so we're, we're all aware. And there's one element you don't have. You've got most of it, but there's one element missing. He's a degenerate gambler. Well, he is. Okay. That's true. He's a degenerate gambler, but he's got a brother who's even more of a degenerate than he is. Okay. And he owes a lot of money to the wrong people. Okay. Okay. So Ben doesn't have to win the tournament for himself. He has to win the tournament to save his brother. Okay. All right. Well, that seems like it would be really easy for him to do. Yeah. Because Addison could just go look at everybody. Look at all the cards. In fact, they probably have some gimmicky thing where they can pull up what everybody's just cards just float have. over their heads. Yeah, float yeah. all the cards over their heads. Yeah, you could do but, that. I was picturing something like Addison's signal would be interrupted by something. Sure. Yeah, because someone at the table is using some sort of monitoring device and cheating, and it's yeah. it's disrupting the oh the transmission. There right? you go. So there's someone yeah, he'd cheating have to at have the s- table with it. Yeah, he'd have to have some kind of rival. 
You know, obviously like the like the guy who the brother owes money. We're just talking about rounders now. We are. <laughs> Except it's, they're not brothers. It's, it's basically the movie Rounders. Pay that man his money. I think I would put that in the 70s. Okay. I like big butterfly collars in a casino. That's good, too. Like and, hairy and I mean, people. The Sting had just come out. <laughs> yeah, Granted, it, that took place in the 30s, but it's still like, I'm trying to find cultural moments where uh, gambling okay. was a big thing, right? I hear you, sure. And so like, that's why I was like, oh, Rounders, a movie very few people remember. I'm just going <laughs> to... I will admit that the ideas that I came up with, I really didn't think about what era it was. Oh, I definitely did on some of these. Actually, yeah. all of them have years attached except for two of them and when we get there you'll know why that is well then you should help me with my years okay all right it's not that i didn't think about it it's just that the story came and then i was like it doesn't really matter what year this is yeah so right i don't you know and i wanted to try and come up with an idea that was year specific but every time i came up with a decade i was like yeah but that'll be just like this episode or that'll be just like this episode or, yeah, sure. You know, like I wanted to do, you know me, I wanted to do a Western, but, you know, it's been done. They kind of did one already. There are ideas kicking around in my head. I was like, oh, man, I'd love to see this one time or that one time. And the first three I'm going to go through, like my three serious ones, are was all that one of, That was one of your serious That was ones. one of my serious ones. That's, that's okay. one I think that we could actually turn into an episode and it would just be, you know, it was an episode of Quantum Leap. Yeah, I don't think there was any... Card playing or gambling in the original series. I don't recall there being any. So it seems like something Al would have been good at, though. Oh yeah, you know it would have been oh, like he would have really been into it. Would yeah. really would have loved that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a bad idea. You want to throw another one at me, or should I go? You go because I got three at the end are going to be kind of okay. Weird. I wanted to start with this one. I'll give you the the title, but it's one that. Well, actually, I guess this game works out pretty well because it's one that I really kind of wanted some help with. Okay. Um, okay. Because I kind of liked the germ of the idea, and then I just wanted to talk through it a little bit. But I, again, apologies for these t- titles. But I called I called this one Date Night, Night spelled with a K. Oh God! All right. Okay. Is this a? All right. Ben leaps into a server at a medieval time-style restaurant. Or he's a knight at the medieval times restaurant that has to help a server at the restaurant. That That is remarkably close. No! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, because the idea... That's really remarkable. Uh, <laughs> the idea, I thought, was like, because Ben can leap whenever, wherever. And assuming that the reset button didn't break that aspect of it, although uh-huh. I kind of wish it did. Maybe maybe we make that happen too. Oh, yeah, know. we could do that. We could do that with the like the same thing that caused the waiting room. That's going to screw up a couple of my ideas, but uh, who cares? Ah, well, yeah, whatever. This is the thinnest one I've got, but it's also largely based on the misdirect of the leap in. Because... You leap in, and he's in the suit of armor, and the guy's going to joust with him right there, you know? I, yeah. The other title I came up with was Joust Because. <laughs> joust Because. All right. I think Date Night is way better. Oh, really? I gotta... uh, I, I, it, it's got to be, man. All right. So, yeah. So joust it's... Because. 
<laughs> I like pun titles. That's uh nevertheless. Wow. Uh yeah, you're right on target with what that's supposed to be about. The type of story that I really wanted told from it was uh I've got this kid's like um you know, right out of high school or or right out of college, somewhere somewhere in there where his life is about to start and he's got a girlfriend. They're both actors, right? Okay. And he's an actor at this restaurant. And she's ready to move on to Hollywood and become a big star. And I thought it might even be interesting if she was a big star. Like, you know, we could either make up a fake one or get the rights to Scarlett Johansson or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> to get anyway, the rights to Scarlett yeah. Johansson. The yeah. end goal, the only goal any man really has right now is to somehow obtain the rights to Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess um, Colin Colin Yost currently holds yeah. the rights to Scarlett Johansson. I guess we yeah, have I believe, to reach I out to his lawyers or something. Hand. I don't know. But so I kind of wanted to flip this on its head a little bit because I feel like he's planning to go reluctantly because he thinks that that's what he's supposed to do, but he actually just really likes his job. And... There's probably a server there or an assistant manager or even maybe just the owner of the place that's kind of sweet on him. And he kind of likes her, you know, but he's got the girlfriend with the big plans and she's going to drag him along. And the story would really be about helping this guy kind of realize that it's okay to just be who you are and not have to have this drive towards success, this notion of of success in society today just kind of drives me nuts because how Mm -hmm. many people like really reach for the stars and how many people feel really bad about the fact that they haven't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of in that boat. Sometimes you feel a little bit like a failure because you're not out there chasing your dreams or whatever, you know, but it's really not a stigma that people should have. So for me, that's kind of what I'm trying to drive at with this story is like, don't, you know, it's okay if your dream is to like work at this restaurant and make it a success with somebody that you like and settle down, you know? So it would be his realizing that either for himself as the character or maybe for the waitress that he likes or something. Like, I'm not sure where that would be but it would also be kind of the other aspect of it is like romantic comedy which you know i'm a big fan of you know like it would be like a romance episode which we've had question as to whether they're going to do something like that given that addison is the hologram and i figure like let's push the envelope and do that let's do one where he's got to foster a relationship or he's got like a love triangle yeah, something like that, and and you and know, one of them is the hologram. Yeah, okay, I like it. No, smaller I like it. That's story. Good. That's good. There's a lot of room for action scenes in it too, so I like that. <laughs> yeah, humorous ones at that for sure. All right. All right, what you got? All right, so so there was a lot of episodes in season one where the name Ben was incorporated, right? Like someone to watch okay. over Ben, or you know, stand by Ben, or things like that. Ben you know, where song sort of... for the defense, right? Or this... what was the doctor one? Paging, uh, Doctor, paging Song. Doctor Song. Um, this one is called. <laughs> this one is titled "Lose Ben's Self." Lose Ben's Self. Yes. Um. Well, my mind immediately goes to "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. 
so I'm going to say that it's an underground rap scene of some kind uh, in the early aughts, and he's got to win a rap battle. The year is 2002. (laughs) Am I close? Ben leaps into an emerging rapper in Detroit who... (laughs) While walking the line between his art and financial desperation has to prevent his younger brother from joining a gang that will get him killed, he has to ultimately defeat the gang leader in a rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to take a minute and just kind of marvel at what we're able to do here. I told you, Nate, this is why I say every idea has to start with a good title. <laughs> I'm just amazed that like you were a hundred percent dead on. I'm more or less dead on You're with right this there, one. Man. You're right and there. I was really pretty close on your first one too. Correct. Like simpatico, man. Somehow. I, I cannot wait till I get to these later ones, man. All right, all right. Yeah, okay. Well, I I can see that. I mean, I like that it's a scene that we haven't seen. A yes. scene that we haven't seen. It's an environment we haven't seen and on I think this that's type why show. like most of mine veer toward the turn of the century because it provides us with chances to see stuff that the original series didn't have a chance to venture into right yeah like when yeah. I'm looking I'm thinking of that original series and to us watching it in the 80s and 90s the events that were depicted in that show felt very distant to us because all we know is Masters of the Universe and Transformers. This is our world. But Vietnam feels like it happened a lifetime ago to us. Right, sure. To my father, it was barely a decade before I was born, you know? So it's very new. It's very fresh. And like a lot of the events that are depicted in the original Quantum Leap series, looking at my parents' age group, it happened within their lifetime, you know? Yeah, So they're like looking back at it. And so some of what I'm thinking of is like, I'm looking at things that connect with our history yeah those were some of the things that you kind of complained about during the course of our discussions of the episodes and stuff which was that you know that there's not a lot of variance in those decades well that's true that's why i'm trying to pick something like a rap battle where it's like this looks stylistically like nothing else right and that's true yeah it's absolutely if if you step into a high school today and you go back 10 years and step into a high school those environments look more or less the same except there are more Mm -hmm. metal detectors now right yeah (laughs) so yeah i just mean like the cultural style and the fashion i don't feel has changed much on a broad scale in the last 15 or 20 years. That's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, no, yeah, you're not wrong. So you've got to kind of pinpoint moments or events or opportunities to kind of showcase something that's drastically different than the mainstream. At least drastically different than what has been on the show before. Yes. I think the rap battle scene, as kind of silly as it seems, if you leap out of the medieval times restaurant and into... A rap battle, that's a good juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. Assuming people want to see date night. (laughs) Which, I I, again... They're going to one way or the other. That year. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really pick a year for that, but I thought it would be fun if the girlfriend that went off to be a Hollywood star was an actual Hollywood star. So we'd we have could... to pick somebody who, like, changed their name when they went to Hollywood, like Natalie Portman or something. You know, that goes yeah, by, right. Like, uh, 
that would be fun, would be able to date that as when Natalie Portman came out of high but, school. But here's the thing. Natalie Portman never worked at a medieval time. She's She's been acting since she was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> She took a couple another years one. off to go to Harvard with Mr. Meadow over there. Yeah, well, I thought that was the only thing that would date it for yeah. me. No, that's, uh, that's an interesting idea. And I thought it'd idea, be fun. Yeah. It'd be fun. You know, yeah. Kiss with History. We haven't had well, any of those. Quantum Leap started, always did those brushes with like Stephen mm-hmm. King or Buddy Holly. Or, right. Know, yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what do you got next? All right. My second one, and this one's probably the most fleshed out. That's called Goal Line Stand. Okay. So, um, whew. So I'm thinking it's a Friday night lights kind of thing. Like it's either football or it's soccer. And I'm thinking it's high school football. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. I have it as college football. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I want a sports episode. Good. I always liked the sports episodes. You know, the closest thing we got was the uh, basketball coach that Ben was in season one. Yeah, but, that uh, was pretty good, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, I but it wasn't see a sports thing, really. No, you know? it wasn't. I like the ones where Sam was a minor league pitcher. Or the leap home where he had to win his high school He had to win basketball the basketball game, game. Yeah. yeah. And there was the football one, too, where he had to get a scholarship for the two cousins or brothers. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I think they were just pals, friends. But yeah. Uh, Is that the one where one of them were... Gay? No, no, that was a, wasn't that like a track that was, and field episode? They were track right? and field stars yes. at okay. the military institute, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, I wanted a sports one, but what I'm doing with this one is Ben leaps into a habitually concussed linebacker. <laughs> habitually concussed. Right. Is a so great he's, phrase. Yeah, well, he's he's dangerously close to permanent injury, but he's the star linebacker at a small college that is on the cusp of playing for a national championship beyond all odds. Okay. okay? All right. And no small part due to this linebacker. And he's got a girlfriend that's in the nursing program at that school. And she's, of course, I don't want you to play. I don't want you to play. Look, you're hurt, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe another friend that down the journalism path because he wants to be a sports writer and he's not athletic enough to be a sports player. So he wants to write about it or what have you. Okay. And so Addison is telling Ben that he's got to win this championship game because in the original history, the school won the championship game and it brought all these endorsements And the school grew and expanded its programs and all these innovative people came out of this college. And it all can be traced back to the fact that they got all this money and started growing off the national championship that they won. Okay. Okay. So in the original history, they won. But this guy ultimately was severely injured and later in life had... Uh, you know, terrible problems. They become violent and Mm -hmm. they have dementia and, you know, Junior Seau killed himself uh, over this kind of thing. Yeah. And and it's a real, like, it's a real problem. Like, so in the original history, yes, they won the championship, but this guy's life was ruined and maybe he even treated the girlfriend poorly in the future. So he's there to make sure that doesn't happen, but he still has to win the game. Cool. I like it. Plus, you have the added effect of Ben's body in the linebacker. (laughs) 
he's you know he's not the big guy now he's got to also he not get hurt good <laughs> the odds of him getting hurt are higher now than they right. were before no i like it and it gives a chance for one of those like end of episode things like to find out more about brain trauma right um, yeah because it's a serious thing yeah. and I, you know it, yeah. it has something to say ultimately the resolution to that i, I came up with is you know, in the original history, they made a goal line stand and this guy had a huge tackle or a sack or something like that in the closing seconds. But of course, Ben is half the size of this kid and he can't do that. So because Addison knows what the play was going to be, she knows where the ball's going to be. And instead of a big tackle, he makes an interception Ah, and they still win the game. But he didn't, you know, it's what he's able to accomplish given his size and then when they do the great job ben all these things are happening yes, now yeah uh you know i i envision this character like starting up flag football teams for kids and the nurse girlfriend and the sports writer really starting to bring concussion issues to the forefront so yeah i was actually really pretty happy with that one i think that's a cool idea yeah, has something to say, but also plenty of opportunities for humor and a sports episode. Yeah. Got to win the game. All right. So my next one is also about a social issue. Okay, or not, good. Uh, let's say uh, it pairs well with what we just talked about. Good. This episode's title is Split Leap. Split Leap. Um, It's got to be a split personality situation. Maybe somebody dealing with some mental issues and bipolar disorders i'll give you a hint okay so i'm off you're off you're, you're very very much off oh okay. um this is also a sports episode oh gymnastics yes young gymnastics stars that are being exploited before their age or I always figure those 14-year-olds out there shouldn't be in the Olympics. They age out of their sport by 23. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Is that you're dealing with something of that Much, nature? much warmer now. Yes. Okay. Uh, split okay. Leap. It's 1987. Ben leaps into a gymnast who must find a way to expose abuse within her training cohort without derailing the dreams of her fellow athletes, one of whom is very close to qualifying for the 1988 Olympics in Seoul. That's cool. So I like that one. I like that one a lot. So another yeah, very, very I, timely kind of kind of thing. And and it works. Yeah. Like, I was like, let's go back farther and farther and farther because this has always been an issue, right? It's just that we're only recently finding out about all right. of these dirtbag, yeah. whether they're medical practitioners or coaches or what have you, that have been abusing people. And I mean, gymnastics is by its nature rife with this, right? You have to push sure. your body to do things that most normal humans cannot do. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so how much must somebody push you to be able to push yourself to do it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What is the leap in scene? And what is the leap in scene on both of your stories? So the leap in scene in Straight Flush is probably going to be somebody grabbing him by the collar and pushing him up against the wall. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Lose Ben self is probably <laughs> going to be him with a mic and the beat it drops and he's just kind of left standing there. Right. Split leap is going to be him standing in front of a pommel horse. 
the routine hasn't started yet, but he's clearly supposed to start a routine. Like, he sees the unitard, the coach is looking at him expectantly, all the other girls are on the sideline just staring, and he's he's not a gymnast. Right. <laughs> I think he should be falling off the rings. It's, okay, so he's on a ring routine and he just falls right the fuck off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's good, too. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Okay, what do you got? What's What's your third? All right. It's kind of like right down the middle of the two that we just talked about. I had, um, this is not my third one, but one of the ideas that I was kicking around and, and threw away because I wanted to do the football one instead was a leap in where he was on a high dive platform oh, for the God, Olympics. That would be terrible. I just yeah, like, yeah. nope. And I go straight down the stairs. You know, he's already got his toes on the edge of the platform dive in the high dive for an Olympic team. No, That's, thank you. Yeah. I was like, well, if I'm coming up with these, I want to do three different ones, and I've already got a sports episode. So, uh, My actual third episode is called Like and Subscribe. Oh, hell no. Yeah, so he's a YouTube influencer. Um, huh. All right, so I'm going to say it's a YouTube influencer who has an obsessive fan. That's that's interesting. Uh, no, not I quite. Mean, I got. I feel good that's about the not YouTube quite. influencer no, part. Not quite. Yeah. Yes. Unboxer. That... Unboxing videos. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, should I? Should I tell you? Only fans. That's my oh, last geez. guess. Oof. No. <laughs> okay. No. No. This one also not as fleshed out as Goal Line Stand was, but I envision this as two girls, either best friends or sisters that are influencers, but they're kind of daredevils that travel to exotic locations and do like crazy stunts, like in a Tom Cruise style way. Like, like I can't believe you're doing this. And like one of them TikToks the other one jumping off a mountain or something like that. Okay. And so that's kind of their bread and butter is just traveling around the world doing these crazy stunts. And one of the two sisters gets obsessed with the likes and the subscriptions and finds their self-worth in how many likes each video gets and maybe falls into some kind of competition with a rivaling channel like this dude keeps getting why does this guy keep getting these likes we've got to do something we've got to up the ante sure. we've got to do this and uh of course at some point she's killed on live stream doing some kind of crazy stunt and Ben has to prevent her from actually doing that and find some real other means of yeah well some other <laughs> some other means of still exploring their interests without becoming obsessed with people's reactions at the end to he's going to be like wait aren't you Natalie Portman and it's like <laughs> you're right Ben she grows up to be Natalie Portman that's right <laughs> that should happen in, at the end of every episode <laughs> it's always Natalie Portman. Yeah. Like he's just leaping around the lifetime of Natalie Portman. <laughs> no, uh, I like it. I like it. That's a really good yeah. one. And I think it's a, uh, it speaks to something that is very current. And speaking of which, mm -hmm. I think that this would be, gosh, like the year would have to be like 2015 or something. Like it would have to be very, very close. Right? Yeah. And when did TikTok start? That would be. Just when that really starts picking up steam. Well, think, it was, gosh, 17, 18? I don't know. Sometime around there. Those were the three that I came up with. All right. Um, oh, these are like, some good ideas. 
I think so, too. We're not stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us we did it, guys. Send us some email or chat us or something. Just tell us we did a good job. God damn it. Give us a thumbs up. All right. But now (laughs) do it. Subscribe. But I want you to do it now before you listen to my three next ideas. Well, actually, one of the ideas I think is very good. And I would be surprised if the show doesn't do it at some point. Oh, okay. I thought we were going with joke ideas. I mean, two of them. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I I'm think out. they're all rad. I think these are all rad, rad ideas. Okay? <laughs> okay, Dad. All right, here we go. <laughs> the first one is titled, You're Gonna Hear Ben Roar. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's got to be the dinosaur one. It's the, fucking di- it's the dinosaur one, yes. But somehow Katy Perry sounds like she's involved. You're gonna- <laughs> Just by title only. <laughs> It's a promise. You're going to hear You're not actually going to leap to the prehistoric era. Like, what could he possibly be changing in the prehistoric era that would affect or help anyone? Oh, buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. Um, ben leaps back to prehistory. <laughs> Finding himself in the body of a T-Rex. In the days following the meteor extinction event. Following the meteor So the meteors extinction. hit. Dust clouds are everywhere. The sun is blocked out. He must ensure that his daughter, who incidentally is also a T-Rex. No kidding. <laughs> makes it to what will one day be Hell Creek, Montana, where she will become the first of her kind discovered in 1902. He's got to get her to the site where the dig finds her in 1902. Her bones. Yeah, I'll tell you where this idea came from, guys. It came from Super Mario Odyssey. And in Super Mario Odyssey, the whole concept is you can throw Mario's hat onto various beings and creatures, and kind of Mario becomes that creature. Well, there is just a fucking dinosaur in the first level of that game. And I don't mean like Yoshi. I mean like a Jurassic Park dinosaur. And you throw your hat at it, and it's just realistically rendered T-Rex with a Mario hat on, running around and roaring. Oh, jeez. And it's a magical event. And I was like, there's got to be a way to capture that sort of vibe in an episode of Quantum Leap. This is not the worst idea on my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, all right. All right. I, I see. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the conversation. I think in reality speaking, I feel like if that were to air, I'd be like. Okay, where, like... <laughs> what are we doing? Has Quantum Leap jumped the shark they here? Jumped the T-Rex. Yeah, man. Uh, the, the Megalodon. So, but what... How has history changed for the positive by this dinosaur being discovered? Well, in well, do we know for sure that in the world of Quantum Leap they have dinosaurs? Do they discover dinosaur bones? Maybe nobody discovers dinosaur bones until he changes history. I think we... <laughs> He leaps in, and in the waiting room, there's just this T-Rex, and they're like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> Did he leap into a dragon? <laughs> One of the things I like about Quantum Leap is that it, like Belisario was saying in that interview, is that it's our world. Yeah. You know, and that's why he kept the story so small. But, yeah. This is a big one. This is an I adventure mean, 65 million years in the making, Nate. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I 
And I get wanting to see something like that once it's uh, no longer leaping within the lifetime. So yeah, I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not unheard of. It's a terrible. To want to go back to prehistoric. It's a times. terrible idea. We're never going to see it. Speaking of which, all right, here's the next one. Okay. This is a worse idea than the dinosaur one. All right, perfect. The title is Savior Complex. Yeah, he's a superhero. No. I, I I'm no. He's he's uh, Christ. Yes. Ben leaps into G- <laughs> Ben leaps into Jesus Christ, where he must help a spunky young prostitute turn her life around. <laughs> Mary Magdalene, I guess. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Um, all right. This is like going to be, you know, shortly before the crucifixion. It probably ends with that going to be very controversial because we're going to see the Christ story play out with an Asian actor. Yeah? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not like, I don't know that we'd actually get away with that necessarily. I don't don't think this is a good idea at all. No, but (laughs) but there's something there that could, there's a workaround for doing something like that with not necessarily a cult leader, but some other kind of spiritual leader. Or like I said, a TV evangelist, like somebody actually needs help and has sunk their whole life into this TV evangelist and goes to them for help. Mm -hmm. And of course, the TV evangelist would never actually help them, but they happen to be Ben and he's got to turn this woman's or man's life around. I would rather see an episode like that where he's got to expose corruption in a megachurch. Yeah. You know, which would also be unpopular. Yeah, you couldn't do that. Either. Unless he was Jesus Christ trying to expose corruption in a... Yeah, Jesus's adventures in North America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Book of Mormon. It's the Mormons, believe, yes. All right, and so the third episode here, and I actually think this is pretty good. All right, The all title right. is Ben's Song. Okay. Um, country music singer? No. All right, what do you... What you that, that's, that's very vague. It is, it is. So I'll let you go. It's the early 1990s. Ben leaps into his own father or mother. I can't remember the details about his father. I know his mom died, but I can't yeah. remember where his father was. So I picked the father because we don't know much about him yet. Okay. Um, ben leaps into his own father as he brings his family to the U.S. from South Korea. While Ben's mission is focused on helping a friend also emigrate. In doing so, Ben runs the risk of sinking his own family's chances, placing the entire future of Quantum Leap in danger. Yeah. Because young Ben may not make it to the U.S. Yeah, that's really good. And it gives Ben a chance to interact with himself as a small child. Yeah. I like that. I think we could actually see that eventually. I like that for season four, season five. Mm Mm-hmm. Once you feel really comfortable with Ben as a character and you feel like you know him, and then bring something new in. Right. They've got a little bit of backstory about his mother and his immigration, but it's just flashbacks at this point. We don't know that much about it, and I feel like we're going to get to know Ben and Addison and all these characters a lot more deeply. And once you feel really like, I really know this character, that would be really interesting to delve into their family. Yeah, I could see something like that. And it would also give the show a moment to be like, you see yourself as a kid. What's the one thing you'd tell yourself? That would blow six-year-old you's mind, right? Yeah, and then, of course, you've got Addison in your ear telling you, you can't say anything, don't 
you know, don't he would blow it on the way out of the leap. He'd be like, there's going to be more Star Wars movies or something like that. You know, like (laughs) (laughs) just completely choke. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of potential there. Anything that has the opportunity to create some kind of time loop Mm -hmm. or create a paradox, you know, that's your prime time travel story material. Cool. And that, that was it. That's, that's what you got. Those Those are my episodes, man. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go anywhere near any of that. Well, I definitely don't think they're going anywhere near Jesus. <laughs> if they're afraid to say that God is controlling the project, there is no way Ben is ever leaping into Jesus. Fair enough. What if he leapt into Muhammad? <laughs> <laughs> then we'd also get a fatwa on Ben's song. Some lives would be at risk, for Not sure. Not a great idea. Not a great idea. Yeah. You got any idea what you think they're actually going to do? So now we're actually talking about Yeah, who do you really think is in the accelerator? I think it's Ben. Is it just going to be empty? I think it's Ben, but I think there's going to be a problem. And he's got to get back I in. think it's going to look like he's reappearing, and then he's suddenly going to vanish again. He's never going to yeah. fully materialize in the accelerator, and Addison and the gang have to figure, oh, God, where did he go now? Yeah. And so there's going to be a period where they can't find him. He's going to leap in somewhere. If I were in that scenario, I might have him leap several times in the course of this hour-long episode. Hmm. And he leaps, and Justin's there about to track him down. He leaps again, and they keep trying to pinpoint him, and they can't quite get there. Yeah. And Ian has to do something to, like, sort of stabilize the algorithm or what have you, you know, so Ben can actually stay in a fixed point for more than like five minutes. How are they going to work around the idea that they've already targeted leaps? We've already seen Ian leap and leap back. Yeah, I leaped and I told you this thing and then I came back. But that happened in the future, right? Yeah. It wasn't like present day Ian. But they've made it so that Ben could target a time. And I don't understand really why he couldn't leap straight to 2018 and just do the thing that he needed to do in 2018. Right. Why is there any uncertainty involved? I guess it was he had to speed up so he could go talk to Ian first in the future, but Ian didn't tell him that. So I'm thinking like if we're going on this whole idea they had about building this sort of momentum and ending up at a fixed point, Mm -hmm. what if it's almost like a rubber band that's been pulled taut? And just as he's about to leap in, he's violently pulled back through time. This just complete refraction and... Like a pendulum that swings back the other way. Right. But it's like a snapback, right? And he's bouncing all over the place. Anyway, I I don't know if it's going to be something that aggressive, but I do think... He has to get lost. I do think that there will be an element where he's lost in time and the others don't know where he's at. And he's not going to materialize in the accelerator. It's going to be like one of those episodes of Star Trek where they're trying to beam somebody up, but they can't quite get a lock on them. That's right. Hopefully it doesn't end up like those poor souls in Star Trek, the motion picture. They need the pattern enhancers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I think about the premiere anyway. I mean, he has to get lost, right? I mean, he can't have a second mission that he didn't know about. That's what I think. Unless, I think the mission has to be transferred to Team Quantum Leap now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You so, know, so that's why, like kind of yeah. like what we've posited, right? Where it's like it's not like he's trying actively to get somewhere specific. It's that mm-hmm. all this stuff is happening in the present day to Team Quantum Leap, and that's kind of the the ongoing narrative, right? I would be surprised if they again said no. Now he's got to get to a new point in time, and and the whole season is spent building to that. Now. 
Would you be surprised? No, if I would. They did that. <laughs> okay. I absolutely would not be surprised. Yeah. I would. You think it'd be a mistake? I don't think it's a good idea to do that. No, I don't think so either. I think he has to be lost now. But the accelerator allows them to plot trajectories and target dates and you would think then they would have an effective retrieval program. So I wouldn't be surprised if they said that algorithm that Ian uploaded broke that. Yeah. Seems plausible. I mean, it's what we figured. It does. Nothing has to seem plausible as long as they can make it sound plausible, Nate. <laughs> you know what I think is interesting now that I'm thinking about it is that neither of us brought Ziggy back. Mm, yeah, you're right. Was it? Is it just too much of... Too much Team Quantum Leap. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very easy to have a scene with Ian tinkering away at the servers and uncovering the AI or the voice. Yeah, yeah. Like, where is she? Mm. If it's the same computer, why would she suddenly stop talking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was an oversight on our part or just a... Something we know the show's not going to do for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't focus on it. And I think I kind of feel like doing it in conjunction with the waiting room is just kind of spitting in the face of what they've already done. Yeah, maybe so. Trying to just make it what we knew. But we both miss that aspect of the show so much. It seems interesting that we didn't even float it out there. Now, maybe season three. When, when Lothos is introduced, maybe then they can start talking. Yeah, to each other. yeah, right. I assume Lothos has a voice. Yeah, well, that'll be something to think about for next season. What what does yeah. Lothus's voice sound like? Um, John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> Pay that man his money. Beyond just theories for the new season, some actual like yeah, the next season, I, some little tidbits. I think at least. Yeah, I did some quick Google searching prior to recording tonight, so. There's not a whole lot out there. I think the most recent news, obviously, like we've said, uh, is coming back October 4th. And evidently, there are some new cast members okay, yeah, that this, have been cast. This is the same bit of information I've got. It's like last week, maybe. There were two new cast members announced for the show. Are you familiar with either of them? I am not. Me neither. So, Me neither. Peter Gadio or Gadio or Gadiotto? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Eliza Taylor will be joining the cast of the show. Right. Eliza Taylor was on The 100. A show I didn't watch. Yeah. And Peter Gadiot, I, I, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. Don't know Apologies where this guy's from. Apologies if we're, we're butchering this name. I'm almost certainly. I mean, right. I, I was pronouncing Gal Gadot's name incorrectly for years. Yeah. Yeah. How are we she to know? wasn't correcting you. How are we to know? She's too nice to do that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I keep That's saying, it. gal, why didn't you just tell me? She's like, I love you too much, Brian. <laughs> All right, so Peter Gaddia has been on the CW Supergirl. He is on Showtime's Yellow Jackets, which is a that show I that I hear I've is good. Is quite good, yes, yes. Don't know a lot about it. There's a couple of his credits there. And Eliza Taylor... Uh, Australian soap opera Neighbors, and then The 100, and... She was also on The Orville, which is a was. show that I watched, but I don't know who she played. So there's very little information about who they'll be playing. There's nothing there about him. Eliza Taylor at least has sort of a description from what I saw. Eliza Taylor is playing a 
Hannah Carson okay. as a series regular, a complex young woman who may be more than she appears. And she'll be introduced in the third episode of the season. All right. Well, I know what I'm thinking. What does thinking. that mean? She's Sammy Joe, right? She's got to be Sammy Joe. Yeah. She's too young to be Sammy Joe, first of all. <laughs> Sammy Joe should be middle-aged at this point. Yeah. Sammy Joe is definitely lingering out there, right? Right. Another possibility is that Ben alters something in the past that brings these characters in. Because, again, this is something we saw a couple times in the original series, right? We didn't actually get to witness it, but we know that changes were made to the project due to Sam's mucking around in the past, right? Like Donna being there in the future wasn't like that originally and sam altered history and then when he came back to the future donna was there and the rest of the project they know donna she's there all the time right so we never got to see what that was like for the people in the project what if ben alters something in a leap and they've just always been there and then this person is there right like like we have the potential to see that yeah we just cut to project quantum leap and peter gediet playing tom westfall okay I didn't even have that. A former special forces operator and current U.S. Army officer who is reportedly overseeing the Quantum Leap project. Ooh. So, bad guy. (laughs) Last time I was talking about maybe Ben's escapades through time in the finale result in magic vanishing. Maybe that happens. I mean, maybe. Maybe Ben does arrive back. And everything's hunky-dory, but magic's not there. And Ben, again, is the only one that remembers it. And in in magic's place is this guy, um, Westfall. Yeah. Running the project. Maybe. Uh, Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this guy's almost certainly a villain, right? I mean, Tom Westfall sounds like a villain. That's in the military and overseeing Project Quantum Leap when you have magic who's everybody's favorite character, I'd assume. Right. I already don't trust this guy. I have not seen a screenshot of him on the show. No, I have no idea. (laughs) I've never seen anything this man has been in, but I don't trust him. No. He's just the new guy on the block, and I was like, no, I don't trust him. Yeah, you don't bring in people unless they're antagonists, really, right? Or shrouded in mystery or have some ulterior motive, you know? Right. What I hope. (laughs) What I do hope is that Hannah Carson's emergence as a recurring character means that Janice will, in fact, not be back very much, if at all. Okay, so you would rather lose Janice than you would Jen? What is it that you... Why why, why are you hating on Janice I just feel like there's nothing left to say with Janice. And I think she's Al's daughter. Janice's function in season one disturbed me. It was like... She was literally just there for narrative convenience at every step of the way. Yeah. That's what disappointed me about her. If you want to bring her back and make her like a fully formed character, that's great. And I was just as taken with the fact that Al's daughter was a part of this in episode one as anybody else. But as the show went on and it's always like the final line of every episode is, okay, I'll tell you what's going on. And then like, dun, dun, dun. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, okay, this, this character as it is <laughs> needs some serious work, even more so to me than maybe Jen, because at least Jen, I don't know, has some lines of dialogue beyond the ominous, just dangling. Jen to me is pretty worthless. 
I mean, she's not good at the job that she supposedly That's, has. That is true. That is one thing that Janice has on Jen is that she's actually good at what she does. I like what we decided to do with her. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I can see that working. That's like moving Jordy to engineering. I don't see her in Project Quantum Leap on a regular basis, I guess what I'm saying. If if they, Janice? Janice. Like, like my yeah, fear no, is I that don't. they're going to move her into a series regular position. And I'm like, I don't think we need that. Yeah, I don't mean to argue for Janice. I just was curious to get your thoughts on it because you didn't really say much throughout the course of this podcast about not liking her granted she did drug her mother yeah i mean like leave us not forget we established that early on it's like she's done something heinous and unforgivable yeah i've got no love for janice i just i don't know that her story is necessarily done but they didn't do much with her story to begin with so right but where does she go i mean how do you let her just go really you know, well, that's like our story in our season. She's at like a detention facility, right? Yeah, but she's already out and walking around. Hey, guys, what I miss? Here's, yeah, right. my, <laughs> here's another expository dump. She's like the Oompa Loompa of Quantum Leap. She just comes out and does a little song and dance number to explain what this room does. But she always leaves it in a question. Yes. Yeah. I don't think she was particularly well acted either see that's what i'm saying i'm just like i don't know that we need more of her now if the writers can prove me wrong if they they do something different and unique and interesting with her and and send her in an interesting direction i'm all for it i want to see see that with every single character on the show i want them to live and thrive i agree that we don't need more of her but i also think if she's not there they're gonna have to explain why and they'll have to do it well because there's no reason for her to not be there now. She was brought into the fold. She was working on the project with them about getting Ben home. Ben doesn't come home. How do you just let her walk away? Plus, she doesn't want to leave. She wants to be there. Like, there's got to be a reason that she's not. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Mr. Tom Westfall comes in and locks her up for being the criminal that she is. I'm going to check the old internet movie database real quick. See if she's slated to be in anymore. All of the main cast is returning, but I don't know if that means Janice or not. But Eliza Taylor can't be Sammy Joe unless she changed her name to Hannah Carson. And significantly de-aged. Yeah, I don't see... Well, there's not a whole lot for... This is just not up to date. Eliza Taylor does have a credit for seven episodes. How are they going to fit more people? That's what I'm wondering. Like, do we need that? I really, I'm very curious about what sort of role these people play. I can see these people being in for an episode or two, but like series seven episodes long, like we don't have time for that. Like what's going (laughs) to, you know what I mean? Like all we've done is complain about there not being enough time for story. I don't have time for this, this foolishness. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We don't have to wait too long. I mean, episode three is where she'll turn up, so... Yeah, I've got a quick synopsis of episode one. Should I lay some spoilers out there or should we leave it be? I don't know. I'm curious. Ben finds himself in the body of someone named Perez on a cargo plane in 1978. The plane is going down. The people on board are tasked with transporting a very important crate, though they don't know what's in the crate. Dinosaur? (laughs) (laughs) Skull Island? They went to Skull Island. 
The shipping container is from Germany, oh. leading those transporting it to argue about its contents, whether it's something stolen by Nazis, an alien artifact, or something else. Oh. Ben thinks he's jumped to this point in time because he's meant to stop the plane from crashing. But that doesn't happen. And when the plane crashes, Ben tries to contact Addison, but doesn't get a response. Uh -oh. He's tasked with getting medical supplies and the crate from the damaged plane and manages to get it off just in time as the plane goes up in flames. Sounds like the writers were really banking on Dial of Destiny being a bigger hit at the movie theater than it was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, it sounds like it's right up my alley. I hope this is at least close to accurate. That sounds fun. That all occurs in the first eight minutes. <laughs> and it demonstrates that there's an action-packed Quantum Leap Season 2 in store. Yeah, I think they leaked those eight minutes or something online somewhere. I'm okay. not going to watch it. But there we go. I mean, how high are your hopes for season two? I mean, I will tell you, I don't know how high my hopes are, but I can tell you I'm very much looking forward to it being back. Yeah, I'm interested to check it out, continue the podcast. I want to see it grow. I want to see it succeed. You know what I'm going to be really disappointed by? I did attribute a lot of the choppiness of season one to the goalposts continually moving for the writing team. When it's like, okay, we got six episodes, True. now we got 12, now we got 18. Right. And it's like, we got to right. keep stretching this out and stretching it out. And you start to feel that wear at certain parts of the season. I would hate for them to have taken all that and learned all those lessons and come into season two. And now the writer's strike happens and it completely mm -hmm. blows whatever plan they had for that out of the water. Is the back half of the season going to be written by chat GPT? I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I think them changing the plans on the writer's room may have had something to do with Martinez's story being so expanded to the point of, you know, they made him much larger than he needed to be, like that threat much bigger than... It, it was sort of like, you know, if you spent the first hour of Jaws, you're not seeing the shark, but then when you finally do see the shark, it's like... I don't know, like a swordfish. And you're like, well, I guess, it's, I mean, it's pointy. It's, yeah, it's like right, you kind of right. built this thing up to be more than it actually ended up being. Just found another article headline. Season two will likely delve into Ben's relationship with Addison and the government's plans to control time. Okay. Maybe we're closer than we thought. That part of it feels inevitable to me. Right. Especially in the cynical world in which we live right now, it just feels inevitable. There's not a lot of trust in the government these days. And when that's the case, the government's going to play the villain. Yeah. And realistically, so. what would they do if they knew they had a viable time travel project right. that they could exploit? Oh, my God. Yeah. The last people right. on Earth you want to have access to that is the government. <laughs> is the government. Yeah. Yeah, so come back for season two with us, folks. Yeah, of course, you can continue to follow this show on the Paprika Network. You can also find us on our own dedicated feed on your uh, listening platform of choice. Just search for Oh Boy Quantum Leap Podcast. Spotify. What are the other ones, Nate? Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible. Ooh. Yeah, anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> How about that, folks? Listen wherever you like, is what we're saying. We're on YouTube, even. Audio versions available on YouTube, so leave a comment. Um, just search Oh Boy, a Quantum Leap podcast in any of those apps. Um, we're sure to pop up. Wow. How about that? But anyway, um, <laughs> you can, yeah, of course, on, on the Paprika feed, it'll be showing up there. On our dedicated feed, new episodes will be posted on Mondays, so you can look forward to that on your morning commute. New episodes of Quantum Leap will be airing on Wednesday nights starting October 4th, right? Correct. Our episodes reviewing each of those will go up the following Monday. Feel free to drop us a line at oboyqlpod at gmail.com. Come up with your own episode ideas. Yeah, float your ideas to us. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> fill out the whole season. You know, if you've got an idea out there, we'd love to hear it. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room.